I love the Word of God. I, I love studying the Word of God. Let's get into it from Genesis chapter, let's go back now to chapter 2. We looked at and we're looking and considering in His likeness. Now God, there are two likenesses described of God. When God wanted a likeness, He created a likeness within a likeness. A likeness within a likeness. The first description in chapter 1 is of His family. And God demonstrates how His family is involved in the likeness that He created. And He created a family, male and female and multiply, replenish the earth children. He, he describes the likeness of God, the creation, or the revelation of the likeness of God is the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. And that is the family of God. And then he made in that likeness the father of the home, the mother of the home after the likeness of the Holy Spirit, and children after the likeness of the Son of God. And my, what a home, what, my, what a family, when each member of the family, there, and by the way, don't consider, you, don't think, well, I, uh, there's inequality in our home. Inequi- there is no inequality in the family of God. Amen. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. And in a family, the father, the mother, and the children are co-equal in the family. They all have different uh, purposes and, and, uh, and different characteristics, but still, you're one family, and you want to maintain it that way. So God created that likeness in, in chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 and 28 there. Now let's go to chapter 2. We said God created a likeness within a likeness. We know that He made Adam first. Now notice the likeness of God that God created in chapter 2 and verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. How important and how wonderful it is to allow the Lord to make us what we ought to be. Some people say, I'm, I'm a self-made man. I, I, I'm a self-made woman. If that be, is the case, you are the product of unskilled labor. It must be God making us. And you must allow God to make you or you will be no more significant than a pile of dust. For that is all that Adam was before God made him. It's what man will return to without God, no more significance than a pile of dust. But God wants a likeness, and that likeness is sitting in this room tonight. You, my friend, you are... The desire that God has is for you to be like Him. Let's consider that now just for a few moments here tonight. Notice in verse number 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, let's consider the creation of this likeness of God. 
a likeness within a likeness because first he made the man, he made the individual. So I want each of us to consider tonight, not just perhaps collectively, but individually. God created you in his likeness. He made Adam in his likeness. Now notice the creation of this likeness. As we said, God said, let us make man in our likeness. Now we see how the individual is made in his likeness in chapter 2 and verse number 7. Now I can see in this uh, conference that God has, uh, this family meeting that God has, the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son, they said, let's make a likeness to ourselves." And it is indicated here in chapter 2 and verse number 7, I believe Jesus went first. I can see in my mind's eye, as I look into the Word of God here, I can see the Lord Jesus scoop and take uh, some dust from the ground, and he formed a man like unto himself. Jesus is the physical manifestation of God. And when God, when the Lord Jesus made Adam a body, he formed him of the dust of the ground, he gave him a body like unto himself. Jesus is the, what? Body, right? He's called the, and we are the body of Christ. So the physical manifestation. Most of us consider ourselves really in the physical aspect of who we are. We, we recognize each other by a physical appearance. But really, that is only one-third of who you really are. I can see in my mind's eye the Lord Jesus forming the, the body of Adam, and, and I can hear the Father say, That is wonderful, my son. I see the resemblance. You did well, and the Holy Spirit agreed. Then the Holy Spirit said, It's my turn. And then the Holy Spirit breathed into the nostrils of the man the breath of life. And you understand that word breath is the word spirit. The Holy Spirit gave to the man the same quality of spirit that the spirit had. I can hear the Father say, Excellent! I can hear the son say, that is exactly what he needed. And then the father says, at last it's my turn. I am going to give him my life. And life comes from the father. And man became a living soul. Now we have these three aspects. And, I, and again, God looked upon everything that he made, but the crowning of his creation was his likeness. Your body is likened to the Lord Jesus. Your spirit, you are a 
spirit. And that spirit is likened to the Holy Spirit. You and I, we, we, and this has helped me so much to understand, I am a spirit. I know people think of spirits, they, they think of these ghosts, you know, that are floating around up here. Listen, you are a ghost. You are one. Now it will help you to understand if, and by the way, every spirit is different, just like your body is different. There's no two bodies in here that are the same. Now God must have liked variety because he made a lot of, lot of variety when he made people. But the spirit is that way too. And that spirit, just like your body, that spirit is unique. It's who you are. And you, you become known by your spirit. And you need to understand, since we're spirit, our spirit bears one, witness one another with, with each other. Uh, we, we, we're able to uh, influence, our spirit's able to influence another one. Now there are some people who have a very depressed spirit. And if you're not careful, you get around depressed spirits and you'll find your spirit gets depressed. There's some people, you know, uh, you, you see them coming and you say, oh, I, I, don't need, I don't need to be depressed today because we are a spirit. On the other hand, there are some people, you see them coming and maybe you hear them coming and you think, my, that joyful spirit that they have, I want to be around that, them and you can't help it. You get around them and... And when you leave them, why, your spirit is encouraged and it's uplifted and, and their spirit bears witness, you see. You are a spirit. But then you are also in the likeness of the Father. You have a life. That life is the same word as soul. Turn, if you will, to Mark chapter 8. <clears throat> Mark chapter 8. And I want you to stay with me now tonight. I, I, I'm going to give you something that truly has helped me. What, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? I could say it this way. What are you doing with your soul? You see, your soul is your life. It entails your lifetime. And that life has purpose. You see, it has a purpose that came from the Father. Jesus demonstrated uh, the purpose of life. And he said it this way, I've not come to do my own will, but the will of my Father. Now, Jesus said to the disciples who, who were really discussing who is the greatest, who's going to sit at the right hand, who's going to sit at the left hand, who's the greatest in the kingdom, and maybe you could hear that argument going among Peter, James, and John, and James and John already kind of put a request in for one of them to sit at the right hand, one of the at the left, and, and Peter said, well, that's impossible. Everybody knows that I'm Peter the Great. I've already got that spot. 
Uh, you guys are too late. I, I mean, uh, and so there's this debate, and, and it's so easy to get caught up in that. Who is the greatest? We, we do it a lot in our circles anymore. Uh, you know, who, who's got the greatest church? Who's got the greatest pastor? Who's the greatest preacher? Who's this greatest, greatest, greatest? Jesus said, the greatest is going to be the servant of all. But then he said to them, he said, it shall not be so among you as it is among the kings of the Gentiles. You're not to be, have this king mentality. You're to have the attitude of a lowly shepherd. He says, today it will be, be fulfilled that which is written, the shepherd shall be smitten and the sheep scattered. And he's trying to get the disciples to realize their purpose is to be like a shepherd and to care for others. And then he tells them that he's going to lay down his life, he's going to be delivered into sinful hands, and he's going to die. He's going to be crucified. Peter takes hold of the Lord Jesus, say, not so, you, you can't do that, Lord. And he rebuked him. Can you imagine? Peter rebuking the Savior. Notice the, uh, the response in verse 33. But when he had turned about and looked on the disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. You, you mean he's calling um, Peter Satan? Yes. Why? Because Satan has hijacked Peter's spirit. Now, we said this morning, remember the desire and the request that Satan, or, or the statement that Satan made, the Lucifer made, I will be like the Most High God. He cannot be. Because he is only spirit. He is only spirit. He doesn't have a body like you and I have. He cannot be like God. Never will. He is an angel, and, and he can appear as an angel of light. Now, what are angels? Angels are ministering spirits, the Bible says. And their purpose? To minister to the heirs of salvation. That's you and I. They're merely spirits. And so their purpose is to help our spirit. But now there's two kinds of spirits, right? There are two hosts of heaven, by the way, that are described in the Bible. There's the Lord of hosts, it's Jesus, who is in charge of the uh, angelic hosts that are waiting to help us, that are waiting to be dispensed at our request when we have need uh, to fulfill the purpose for which we live. They're waiting before the Father. Now, most of them are staying right there. Very seldom do they come to our aid because James says you have not because you ask not. But when we ask, like lightning, they come to our aid, and they are for our help. On the other hand, the, the angelic host described there uh, in the book of Kings, 2 Kings, <clears throat> I believe it's chapter 18, that Micaiah saw before the Lord. He said, I saw before the Lord the host standing at his right hand and at his left. At his left hand, that's where Satan has to come with his petition. And all those other fallen spirits, those fallen, I mean, that are against us, but they can never attack you without first getting permission before God. They're accountable beings. And if we're not praying, 
they oftentimes get their request, and that's why they, we get defeated oftentimes. But nevertheless, they are spirits. Now, he's attacked Peter, and Jesus rebuked him, and then he said, Satan has hijacked your spirit, Peter, and uh, he's desired to have you. That literally means to be in control of you. Peter, you're going to find out, you're going to be doing some things you didn't think you would do. Uh, you're going to, there's going to be some failures, Peter, in your life that you thought was impossible because Satan has made a request for you. He wants to hijack your spirit, Peter. Oh, no, not me, I'll die. No, no doubt Peter intended to. But before the rooster's crowing in the morning, Peter is, he's weeping bitterly, isn't he? He's an absolute failure. Why? Because his spirit was influenced by a bad spirit. And then Jesus said to him, notice this, Peter, <clears throat> he said, Thou savorest not. In other words, the things that you desire, Peter, your desires, he said, you are not desiring are preferring the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. Peter, you know what you're doing with your life? You're, you're wanting to do with your life, you're favoring the things of man, and not the things of God. And then he says this, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples. Notice he's talking to his disciples. Also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life, circle that word life, he that saveth his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Circle the word soul, because that word soul and that word life are this identically same word. He said, um, for what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I know we use this for lost people, but he's talking to his disciples. Every day of our life, there is a challenge. What am I going to do with my life, my soul today? You see, that, that life has been saved for a God-given purpose. Jesus demonstrated that. He did not save his life. Come down from the cross and save thyself. But Jesus, did he save himself? Aren't you glad he did not save himself? No, he invested his life. And what did he invest his life in? The same that you and I are to invest our lives in. I have not come to do my own will, but the will of my Father which sent me. Father, not my will, but thine be done. And then he says, as my Father sent me, so send I you. What is the purpose of my life? You see, that's my soul. I know a lot of people, they, they, can't, they get confused. And I've, I've read and studied other things, and, and, and to me it becomes more confusing. You know, I've read all the, I looked at all the circles and the diagram, trying to figure out the body, spirit, and soul. It's so simple. 
It is really simple. The body is like Jesus. Your spirit is like the Holy Spirit. And your soul is your life. And if you can think of it this way, what are you doing with your life? And if you can break it down to today, this very day, how much of today have I invested? Have I lost my life? And that word lose, uh, it literally means to invest in. If I take my life today and I, I live it for, the gospel, for Jesus and the gospel's sake, I have invested my soul. I have really, I've saved my soul. And we're not talking about heaven and hell here. No, we're talking about uh, uh, the rewards or loss of rewards. We're talking about what we're going to be judged for in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Do you know what our judgment is consisting of? Your body is going to be judged. Your spirit is going to be judged. And your soul is going to be judged. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And again, what, what are we talking about? Staying intact, staying together, not letting the devil tear you apart. And I pray, uh, God, uh, the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will have to give account of the way that I've allowed this body. Paul says, I bring my body under subjection just like Jesus did. And my spirit, I must yield every day of my life. I must yield this spirit of mine to the Holy Spirit. I am commanded to be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? That means 100% influenced only by the Holy Spirit. Not even 75%. Oh, I'm most of the time, I, I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit, but about 25% of the time, you know, I, I get hijacked. You have got to stop thinking about yourself as, well, that's just who I am. Somebody cuts you off, uh, you know, uh, on the highway, and you sit down on the horn, and, and you say, you know, I, I just got a little temper, that's all. No. The Holy Spirit didn't give you that temper. Where did that temper come from? I'll tell you, I, an angry spirit has influenced your spirit, and you gave place to it. Uh, we're commanded in Ephesians chapter 4, neither give place to the devil. And if you'll read Ephesians chapter 4, you'll find out the influences of the spirit. Anger, jealousy, covetousness, lying, stealing, all of those things are the influences of giving place to the devil or a devil. And I believe the devils, I think they're specialized. They're named, by the way, in the Bible. These spirits are named. There's lying spirits that are named. They're called the lying spirit. On one occasion there in Micaiah, the Lord says, who's going to go that tempt Ahab that he'll fall? And one spirit said this and another spirit said that. And the last... A spirit came forth, said, I will. And he said, how? He said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. 
And by the way, that I don't believe the devil was interested in Ahab because he had Ahab. Because where was the armies concentrating their efforts on Jehoshaphat, the man of God? He wanted to destroy him and bring him down, and he almost did. And the only thing that saved Jehoshaphat, the only thing that saved him, it says, and when he cried out unto the Lord, the Lord delivered him. What did the Lord do? He sent his angels down and moved them away from Jehoshaphat. See, there's all these spirits. And and if one don't get you, that's why another one will come. A covetous spirit, a, a, a jealous spirit, an angry spirit, and all these spirits. And you contrast that, neither grieve. He says, grieve not the Holy Spirit in the same chapter. He said, uh, give no place to the devil. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Why? We need the Holy Spirit because we are a spirit. And I must learn to yield to Him. Every day of my life, I've got to be like Jesus. And by the way, Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. Jesus had both body, spirit, and soul that he mentions of of possessing. Why? Because he was the fullness of the Godhead. And, And his word says, we are complete in him. Yes, we lost the likeness when sin came. But think about the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son in their conference before the foundation of the world. In their conference and that they made and agreed to make man in his likeness also knew that man would fall from that likeness, but they never gave up on that likeness. And they agreed before the foundation of the world for your salvation and for mine. We, we see... Yes, there was the degeneration of his likeness, but we see the salvation and the restoration of that that likeness. But when the fullness of time was come, Galatians 4.4, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman. Again, he used the family concept. The family of God is is engaged in our salvation and restoration to his likeness made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. What is that? The sentence of death. That we might receive the adoptions of sons, because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son. into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. It says God sent forth His Son. The Father sent forth His Son. You see, here's your salvation and mine. He willed it. The Father willed it. And the Son agreed, said, I will go. And I'll pay their debt. I I will die, Father. Now, if it's your will, Father, as he prayed there in the garden, he said, I pray not my will, but thine be done. And I pray, let this cup pass for me. Was that a prayer? Oh, I don't want to die? No, no, no. What was it a prayer for? He tasted death for every man. He willingly, who for the joy that sat before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He wasn't afraid of dying. What was, his, what was his request? Deliver me from this cup. That prayer was answered on the third day. He tasted death for every man, but that prayer was answered in that the Holy Spirit greed. I will bring your uh, life again. And the Spirit that, that resurrected Christ, the same as 
resurrected you and I. Oh, what a blessed, blessed promise. Jesus prayed that in the garden. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Colossians 2.8 Beware lest any man spoil you through uh, philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Spoiling means uh, to ruin. To ruin your body. To ruin, to, uh, ruin your spirit. Uh, to waste your life. And if we're not careful, the philosophies and the vain uh, deceit of, and the traditions of men will do that. But Jesus, is, His will for us, He goes on to say, For in Him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him. So every day of my life, I must learn. I must, as Paul says, bring this body under subjection, because it is to be like Jesus. When you see me, I should be a reflection of Jesus. My spirit, there ought to be a resemblance to the Holy Spirit in my spirit. In my life, my soul, it ought to be evident that I'm pouring my soul, pouring my life, investing it for what Jesus invested His life in. My life has purpose. Now let's consider just a moment it must, there must be submission to His likeness. That body must be brought and subjected. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. I must give this body for the purpose for which it was made for. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice that holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's your spirit. That's the key. And then, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's your soul. That's your life. Now, that person who has brought themselves and yielded themselves and submitted themselves their whole being, their body, their spirit, and their soul. Now, they have become like Him. There must be a submission to the will of God. Now, let's, let's compare it and consider it this way. Let's take a journey. Let's take a long trip, alright? We're going to go... From let's drive from here to Alaska. Now we just got back from California, and I, my wife says we're never doing that again. Now that's what my wife said. So probably we will never do that again. 
That was a long trip. But nevertheless, let's drive to Alaska. Now, I found out you better have your car in good condition if you're going to take a long trip. Because we nearly got stranded out in the desert, and by God's grace, I did not turn the key off. I got out and took pictures in the middle of the desert. And then I drove, and I said, we're needing gas. But if you ever go out there, you make sure you don't let your tank get below a half a tank. Because there's long distances between gas stations out there. We coasted into a gas station. Coming out of that desert, paid $6.59 a gallon too, because that's the only station that was there. I turned the key off, filled the car up, got back in the car, click, click, click. Dead battery. I, and I just had, I drove all the way, we were driving on the alternator. What if I'd have turned, my, turned the key off out there in the middle of the desert? You know, I should have really checked that battery before I left home. Because it almost got me stranded out there. Your vehicle that we're going to take this long trip to Alaska, that's the body. And you only get one. You only get one body. A lot of people treat their body like this. Well, I'm going to drive it till the wheels fall off. And when the wheels fall off, as far as you're going, that's it. People don't think that body was given to you in the likeness of Jesus. It's got to get you the whole way. God has a purpose for your life, and God has a journey for your life. How far you get is how far that body takes you. You cannot abuse that body. You don't have a right. You don't have a right to put things in it to de that destroys it. It must be disciplined. It's got to, it's got to uh, get you the whole way. And it always ought to be like Jesus. Keep it in good condition. Some people treat their body. Well, I'll just abuse it any way that I want to and let the doctor fix it. God did not give your body to the doctor. He gave it to you. And you're going to have to give an account to God. You abuse your body. Don't blame God. Well, I've just got this... No, God gave you a body that's fit for the journey that he has for you. And you take responsibility for that. Now, on this long journey, the journey is the soul. That's your life. How far are you going to get with your life? Body's got to take you there. Who's the driver? The spirit is the driver. Again, that's indicated there in Romans chapter 12. How do you do this? How do you get control of this body? By the renewing of your mind. The regeneration. I mean that spirit. The spirit of your mind. That's got to be yielded to the Holy Spirit to stay on course. Have you ever driven late at night, got tired, got off, and said, I've got to get some gas, get a cup of coffee or something. I'm, I'm so tired, so weary. Get back on the interstate and drive and drive and drive and drive. A couple hours later, I remember seeing that two hours back. You got on the wrong way. There are a lot of people because their spirit, their spirit is out of control. They're going the wrong direction with their life. See, it'll put you in the ditch. And, and, and also, there are some people 
And I, I don't blame you. I, I, I think every now and then I, got, I have to get off the interstate. I had to get on Route 66 for a little while. I, I'm telling you, I got tired of 40. I really did. I got tired of driving 40. I said, let's, let's get on Route 66 for a little while. And there's nothing wrong with getting on Route 66. Or there's no wrong, nothing wrong. And we love that Route 6 coming back through Utah. Two-lane road, 80-mile-an-hour speed limit. Man, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I found myself, I said to Gail, Gail, have you ever rode in a car at 100 miles an hour? She said, what? I said, you are now. <laughs> Man, that was great. Every now and then, I got to get off of that, I mean, that, that interstate driving. Jesus said, come apart and rest a while. And that's okay. Every now and then, you, 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 it's all right if you're going to Alaska. Take the scenic route every now and then. But listen, you can't stay on the scenic route. Most Christians are on the scenic route. No, they're, they're not maybe going the wrong direction and, and maybe they're not putting it in the ditch. But they're just not getting anywhere with their life. They're, they're making no investment for their life. Now, God made each of, each of you different. There, there's not any two of you alike. Every one of you has a distinct life, a unique life that God has intended. And I believe this. God has equipped you with the vehicle and I think he's given you a spirit that's just conducive to that for the life, that journey that he wants with you. Now, you, you wouldn't put a sports car in a, where an all-terrain vehicle needs to be. Right? I believe my dad was an all-terrain vehicle. I believe that's what God made of my dad. Up in the mountains where it was rough, dad had a rough upbringing. His spirit, he had one, he had a spirit that was just, I mean, he, he, he didn't give up easily. He didn't get discouraged easily. I think God equipped him for where his life's journey was to be, up in that difficult area of the mountains. And I believe God has made each of you, and you need to know, what is the will of God for my life? I think he's given you the body that you need. He's equipped you with the spirit that you need for that soul's journey. That life's journey. And how marvelous. God said, I want a likeness. And there's never been anybody, there's never been anybody in the history of the world like you. You're the only one that can accomplish the will of God for you. God wanted a likeness. But we must yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. That's why that spirit every day needs to be in the Word. And it needs to be in prayer. Finding out, Holy Spirit, help me to ask for the things that I need. Guide this body the direction that it needs. See, the Spirit, it determines maintenance and direction of vehicle. And it's guided and steered by the Spirit of God that you may prove that is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, I'm going to close with this thought. Let's consider that by submission to the likeness of God. But another wonderful truth is the reproduction of His likeness. Do you realize each of us, God made us so that we would reproduce that likeness? That's true of our physical being and, 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 and of our person. 
And that, these wonderful children and young people sitting around here, that is a reproduction of the likeness. And, and it says that uh, of Adam in Genesis 5 and verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. Adam was made in the likeness of God, and then Adam produced a son in his own likeness. But listen, when God saved you, do you realize that's what He still wants with us? He wants us reproducing the likeness of God and, and the very purpose for our life. And we'll close with this. The regeneration of His likeness. You say, preacher, I am not like God. I am so much not like God. God. But God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up. On, God did not give up on Adam. All the failures. And go through the Word of God. Look at the great men and women of God that had so many massive failures and multiple failures in their life. But did God give up on them? No. He still wants the likeness. And when we yield to Him... 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be ye therefore perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect means staying intact. Don't let the devil tear you apart. Don't let him destroy your body. Don't let him hijack your spirit. Because when your spirit gets hijacked, not only... Is your life destroyed, but always others? When those men hijacked those planes and flew them into the buildings, yes, they lost their lives, but thousands of others. You see, when your spirit gets hijacked, it's not just you, but your family that can get torn all to pieces. It's not just when your spirit gets hijacked. It's not that you just destroy yourself, but you can destroy a church. I've seen it happen. Someone's spirit gets hijacked. And pretty soon there's division and there's separation. You are a spirit and that's why you need to begin to realize Satan is attacking me. Some of you, you battle with depression and you say, oh, that's just who I am. No, it's not. No, it is not who you are. Your spirit was given and renewed your spirit was revived. 
The Holy Spirit made you alive. And you hath He quickened who were dead. He is a quickening spirit. Your spirit has been made alive. And that's who you are. And you're not to yield your members. You're not to yield your spirit as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. And you need to understand when you're being attacked. You're overcome with depression. Satan is trying to destroy you. You're overcome with anger, fits of anger and rage. That's the devil attacking you. And you need to begin to understand and realize Satan is attacking me. Oh, Father, I need you to help me and the Holy Spirit to help me and to guard my spirit. Jesus taught the disciples to pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the will of God for your life. Give us this day our daily bread. That's for the body. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Why, why do we pray that? Oh God, don't listen to the devil today. I know he wants to lead me astray. I, I know he wants to destroy me. I, I know there's the temptations that he has that's coming my way. Oh, I need your help today. Deliver us from evil. What's that? When we have yielded to the temptation. And we pray, oh God, deliver from me. Restore me again. As David did. Oh, David's a great example. His spirit got hijacked on several occasions. In fact, when Satan had him numbering Israel, you know what happened? He yielded to a, a proud spirit. And not only was... I mean... Thousands of people died because he was in leadership. But when he failed to the, yielded to the spirit of lust, and, and what happened with Bathsheba? He lost the joy of his salvation. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. I'm going to tell you, you, the Holy Spirit will help you, even if there's failure. And he, he, he will re renew you and restore you. Make your life, your life matters, today matters, tomorrow matters. What are you going to do with your life tomorrow? Are you going to invest it? Are you going to savor it? As he said to Peter, don't say, he said, if you savor your life for the things of this world, you will lose it. And what would it profit if you gained the whole world? If you got all of it. And then you die what you got left because the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of thy thought of the Father abideth forever. How wonderful it is. We must, we must yield to him. He wants us like him. He's gone to a lot of trouble to make us like him. Oh, to be like him. Oh, to be like him. Is that the desire of your heart tonight? It'll change your life. Yield your body to Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Become, take the wheel. Be the driver. Control the direction of your life to help you. And you'll find you at journey's end, you'll hear, well, Done. Let's bow our heads. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Who are you? God wanted you like Him.
Are you? You cannot be if you're not saved. Though God made man in his likeness, he also knew man's failure and his fall. But the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son agreed that they would bring man back in to the likeness of God. Has that taken place in your life? Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? He wants you to. If you are saved, how about your life? Heavenly Father, help us now in this invitation. May thy will be done in each heart and life. We'll praise you for what is accomplished in Jesus' name.